0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770, CHQR.
1: So, what kind of a sentence should be imposed on Jaskarat Singh Sadhu? What kind of punishment is appropriate for being behind the wheel of that semi truck? That caused this crash, cost the lives of 16 members of the Humboldt Broncos hockey family, injured 13 others. No sentence can bring those people back. No sentence can undo those injuries. No sentence can undo the harm and the trauma suffered by so many. And it's probably true that no sentence can really teach a lesson to a suspect who has admitted full capability and clearly himself is living with a lot of stress. ...and grief as a result of what happened. But the charges he's facing, the charges he has pleaded guilty to... ...are very serious charges. Now, we've been through a few days of victim impact statements... uh, ...at the sentence hearing this week in Saskatchewan. Today, it is the sentence recommendations. Now, ultimately, the judge will decide. uh, But we learned today that the Crown is looking for 10 years behind bars... ...followed by a 10-year driving ban... Here's more from Global News Radio's Richard Cloutier.
0: There are few cases in Canada and none as horrific as the one that killed 16 and injured 13 others. The Crown cited four cases, including a recent Ontario decision on the 401 that killed four and injured nine others. The truck driver handed a six-year sentence. Sedu passed four signs, including stop-ahead warning markers as he approached the intersection of the crash. And the stop sign itself, four feet in diameter, with a red flashing light. How does somebody miss all those signs, Crown Attorney Thomas Healy asked. I have no doubt Sidhu is sincerely remorseful, but the consequences, horrific and unparalleled. Healy choked up, pausing to take a sip of water as some in the courtroom weeped. He argued the moral culpability of the driver is high, warranting the sentence. This is not just an accident. This was a crime, a very serious crime. The sentence must send a message to others. Richard Cluche. Global News Radio, Melford, Saskatchewan.
1: And by the way, and uh, we learned today that in fact, uh, Sadu is not a Canadian citizen. He is a permanent resident. As such, as his lawyers pointed out, any sentence beyond six months will result in a removal order. So how do we make this determination, right? What factors into this? And people are going to have their own views, their own opinions, their own feelings. And, and maybe to some people, no sentence could possibly be long enough, given the impact. Joining us for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome to the program Ari Goldkind, uh, criminal defense attorney, legal commentator. Ari, thanks for joining us here this afternoon.
2: Great to be on with you. Good afternoon.
1: I mean, in terms of looking at precedent, I mean, we don't have anything that we can point to, really, do we, that that even remotely compares to, to this horrific tragedy?
2: No, I think this is really unprecedented. And when, you know, in a case like this, when you only have the Crown giving four cases... They're just not going to be on point. This is unprecedented. And, you know, that's not a terrible thing for the criminal justice system, because so often judges just look at what came before and they sort of rubber stamp the next one. This to me, I don't envy this sentencing judge. And, you know, I'm still not convinced we have the full information here. So as much as he may have gone through four things, I still go back to the fact that we don't know why he did And until I understand why he went through these, if he even saw them, given the notoriety of that intersection, given the fact that that intersection had a previous fatality and numerous collisions, there's still a big part of this story that we're all missing because I don't understand and I can't find myself believing that this man woke up in the morning thinking he's going to drive like a madman at 95 or 86 through all of these intersections, not even touch the brake. Remember, one of the facts here is that he never ever touched the brake as he went through that intersection. But he wasn't high, he wasn't texting, and he wasn't drunk. So to me, there's a big missing piece of this puzzle.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know if we're ever going to get an answer. I mean, you know, what we heard today was uh, him talking about not even realizing uh, he had blown through an intersection. Uh, when he first got out of his truck, he wasn't even sure what had happened. He wasn't on his phone. It wasn't anything like that. We know that. Uh, obviously, he was not impaired. We know that. But beyond that, I mean, we'll forever be speculating, perhaps.
2: That's exactly right. And that's why, to use the term that, you know, since this happened, and I've been discussing this across Canada, the, the, the word is accident. And, you know, as much as some people might say this is a crime, and I suppose it is because he pled guilty. But I still think this man had a series of defenses available to him. He instructed his lawyers to not be the criminal defense lawyers that us criminal defense lawyers are. He didn't want to put the families through the rigmarole of a trial. I think this was a very triable case for the Crown. I don't think it would be as easy to prove as people think civil liability, and what I mean by that, is obviously being sued and uh, money and uh, insurance companies and suing the trucking company. But I'll tell you, in terms of whether this is a crime or not, until Mr. Sadhu says something that lets me know what was going on in his head, everything in his reaction suggests he didn't see these signs, they were clear to him, and you combine that with an intersection that was known to be extraordinarily dangerous. I don't envy this judge, but, you know, if he gets what the Crown is asking for 10 years I don't actually think the judge is going to give him 10 years. I think we're probably looking at something in the range of four to six, of which most Canadians should know that that means he'll do a third of it. But the takeaway, and I'm sure you notice this, is that even the families of the deceased and the injured aren't out for blood, and I think that speaks to their character in a way that they're, but for the grace of God, go all of us.
1: Mm-hmm. In terms of the judge's decision, now the the Crown and the defense will make their case and the Crown will make their recommendation. How much does that weigh on a judge? Because the judge knows the law, the judge knows the case, uh, the judge will ultimately make the decision. So how relevant then are these Crown and defense recommendations?
2: Well, they're very relevant because what they do, just to make it make sense, is they give a judge a range. So the fact that the Crown isn't asking for anywhere near the maximum, just to make that make sense, the maximum is 14 years for every single death he caused pursuant to the criminal code the fact that the crown is asking for 10 then we find out what the defense is asking for the judge is looking at something in that range now technically the judge can go outside of that range that doesn't really happen to be honest Mm -hmm. so it puts a parameter or a boundary around it but within that boundary anybody who thinks what judges do is science rather than an art would be very mistaken
1: Now, some may look at this and say, "Okay, there's 16 counts of criminal negligence causing death. That's a 14 year maximum on each. So, you know, 14 times 16. But I mean, that's not how it works. And I mean, even though there are 29 charges, I mean, he didn't blow through that stop sign 29 times. So how do we factor that in?
2: Yeah, that's right. So to make that make sense to people, because a lot of people say, well, why wouldn't he get 14 times 16? Every life is worth it. Here's the way it works, and hopefully this will make sense, and people will know the name Bruce MacArthur yep. uh, in Toronto, and I'll make that link right now, which is, because this was one accident, the way the law works is you don't do 14 times 16 because it's one accident. It's not like he, uh, it's not like he went out that day and did what you just said, had 16 goes through the stop sign. You compare that to a Bruce MacArthur, that's when you start looking at doing it the eight times life or the eight times the parole and eligibility period because those are for example eight separate days of murders eight separate plans to be a serial killer that's where the law in canada displeases some people but given that it was one car accident the 16 times 14 math is not going to happen
1: in terms of culpability here by pleading guilty, Jaskeret Sadu has accepted responsibility. Uh, at the same time, the company itself is is facing some charges. I mean, can both be culpable if we accept that Jaskeret uh, Sadu is responsible and we sentence him to prison? Does that alleviate the, the culpability on the part of the company at all or vice versa?
2: Well, I don't think it alleviates it, but here's the part of the story that I don't think gets enough attention, and I'm glad that you asked your question, because if you look at the fly-by-night company that trains him, the fly-by-night companies involved here, they all shut down, they get shut down, then they open up under new names, they don't have proper logbooks, they don't have proper training, these guys drive fatigued without actually taking rest stops, that's pressure that comes from these truck driving companies that endanger all of us. This is the important takeaway. It endangers all of us who drive to work or drive kids to school or to daycare. And that is something that the Crown, I think, they could have gone down the criminal route by a charge called criminal negligence causing death. Now, it might have been much harder to prove, but the fact that these companies are only facing civil liability, and what that means in English, is their insurance companies are going to be making big payouts. And as you know, when insurance companies make big payouts, all of us pay for that through our insurance or if the government pays through our taxes. So I don't like the fact, although I understand it, that Mr. Sadhu is the only man standing in a criminal court. I think you have to go far beyond just that crash and look at what led to all the factors that led up to Mr. Sadhu being behind the wheel on that day and either unbelievably fatigued or not complying with all the rules that you would hope trucking companies enforce, and we know in this case we're very poorly enforced
1: now the other element i mentioned at the outset is that he is a permanent citizen so he would almost certainly be facing deportation after this
2: he would technically but you know this is canada and uh, i know we don't have time to get into this real conversation it is very difficult to deport people from canada this is a country where once you're here you know, absent, if you're an unbelievable first-degree murderer, serial killer, not even a terrorist, do we export you, uh, essentially, I think he will have very strong appeals, although technically, there'll be a removal order for him, technically, he will be forced to go back, but it would not surprise me if some good lawyering uh, keeps him here, particularly, particularly given his unbelievable show of remorse by pleading guilty. I don't have a lot of faith in the immigration system, but you and I don't have enough time to talk yeah, about that today.
1: Well, we appreciate the insight, Ari. We'll see how this all plays out but thanks for joining us here
2: my pleasure thank Much you
1: appreciate it our gold kind uh, criminal defense lawyer legal commentator uh, so some thoughts from him on uh, these recommendations what we're likely to see now the crown was talking about uh, a range from you know one and a half to four and a half years i'm not sure if that's their official recommendation but that's what they're talking about the crown looking for 10 years I mean, technically, it's possible that the judge could come back and say, no, it's, it's going to be 15 years. You guys are up to lunch. But in, in all likelihoods, we're probably looking at something in between, maybe six to eight years. So is that enough? I, uh, that's such a difficult question. Uh, look, given the magnitude of what happened, given the seriousness of the charges, given the importance of sending a message to society, 10 years does not seem like enough. I mean, if we're talking about the the carnage, the magnitude of all of this, then there may be no sentence long enough. It's probably not realistic, as Ari says. But I think fifteen. I, why isn't that realistic? Twenty. Why isn't that realistic? All right, nine seven four eight two five five. So, your thoughts on the sentence? There, there's also the question of what happens after his sentence. Now, he's going to be haunted by this for the rest of his life, obviously. He'll have a criminal record. He'll have a driving ban. May or may not be deported. Is there an onus on Mr. Sadu? Is there an expectation that Mr. Sadu find ways of making this right? Find ways of paying a debt to society beyond sitting in a jail cell? Obviously, if we, if we deport him, there's, there's no opportunity to do that. If he's committed to that... Maybe there's the potential that some good can come of this, that his story can be a lesson to others or a warning to others. Our number here, 403-974-8255. A lot more to get to on the program today. Coming up after one o'clock, we'll talk a bit more about the logbook aspect to all of this. What are we to make of these logbook errors and how important are these logbooks when it comes to truck safety? We'll talk about that after one o'clock. Later on today, the Supreme Court decision concerning abandoned wells. What does it mean? We'll get into that. Uh, Jason Marcusson from McLean's joins us. He's got a great piece on a weird Groundhog Day story. Plus, joining us uh, today in studio, actor, comedian, Jay Moore. Jay is at the Laugh Shop at the Blackfoot Inn this weekend. Looking forward to that conversation. So, much more still to come here this afternoon. We're back with more right after this. 974-8255. Let's go to the phones. We'll start here with Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, Jeremy go, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Um, This just proves like a
3: 10-year sentence is a joke. This guy should be going away for at least 20, and then when he gets out, send him back to India. But our justice system is geared for the criminal, not the victim. I've said this before in this show, and I'll always say it. Ten years for killing 16 people and causing life-altering injuries to other kids. Ten years? I mean, please. This guy obviously didn't want to slow down. That's why he blew the stop sign, because he didn't want to take the time to slow down. He shouldn't have been driving. The owner of this trucking company is basically a backyard fly-by-night trucking company that didn't even care about these kids getting killed. All he did was complain but he got shut down after the accident. Like, this whole situation is disgusting, and 10 years is a joke.
1: Jeremy, thanks for the phone call. Uh, this is Dan. Dan, go ahead.
3: Hey there, how you doing? Real good, thanks. Um, I just wanted to bring up a couple quick facts is, um, like, I've been a truck driver for over 25 years, and I started doing it right out of high school, and, and, uh, I, you know, I learned kind of by doing, I grew up on a farm and stuff like that and had trucks there. And, and uh, I've got well over a couple million miles under my belt. That's basically accident free. And I just, you know, you go up and down the road and you see some of these guys operate. And I just wonder sometimes if it has something to do with, you know, and, uh, and I'm not trying to be racist in any way, shape or form here, but you know, there is a language barrier involved in this too. And I was watching the news last night and they're talking about paper log books and all this stuff, and language is a big thing and if you're not if you're uh if you're a little uh, scared of how to actually deal with the laws and don't understand the laws it's hard to kind of obey them too you know and and the other thing as far as pushing the these truckers being pushed i mean i've been pushed there's been times over the years that that uh i i've been pushed really hard and you know the industry is just geared to save money you know, it's it's the big box stores and stuff. They want it cheap. They want it fast uh, because uh, the end consumer wants it cheap and fast. And, um, you know, I've I've driven hours I don't even want to talk about over the years, got to the other end and had to hand bomb the whole load off and then been expected to get back in the truck and go again. Um, and I would never go back. I'm out of that industry now. I would never go back. Um, but it's just something for people to think about. Like, there's it's not just the truckers. It's not just the companies. It's your WalMarts. It's your superstores. It's your everything else, and and then at the end of the day, it costs a lot of money to roll these trucks down the road, and uh, and pay a driver. And these guys, they're not making they're not making good money, and and they're trying to do the best they can. So they're getting squeezed by the laws, but they're getting squeezed in the other end, and they're stuck in the middle with the bad name, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we when truckers aren't making money, you don't attract young people into it. So who goes in there? Immigrants, people from other com- countries that can't speak the language properly, they don't maybe understand properly, and then we end up with horrible disasters like this. And yet, there's no regulations forcing any of these big retail retailers to pay, you know, X for the service. You know, so it's always underbid, 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 and the, the 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 trucking industry has literally driven itself into the ground because of it. I mean, when was the last time you actually heard a kid say, Oh, well, I'm going to go be a trucker instead of being a lawyer or a doctor or, or going to be, you know, professional sports or something like that. That's it, no,
1: true. You don't hear that. You know, right? the other thing is, and, and you see a lot of trucks on the highways and these companies, they have the ads basically plastered on, on the trucks themselves. You know, we're hiring drivers. Here's our number. Here's our website. So right. it's it's really tough for these companies to find drivers.
3: Right. And and it's, and it's just, it's it's a frustrating... I've, my father and I used to own a trucking company and, and it's, it's the safety regulations. You know, I believe there's always been good safety regulations and good companies or operate responsibly under those regulations. But when you get people who don't understand or have only been in the country half a year or maybe even a year or less, it's pretty hard to um, to make them understand exactly how it's done. The other thing is, too, if you've ever traveled in the United States compared to Canada... We used to do a lot of stuff in the California and Texas. Truckers are actually almost revered in the states. Every place, there's some place to stop. Like McDonald's, friggin', any restaurants got truck parking. Um, there's a cool. lot of places that that don't even allow trucks in their town. Um, so, you know, truckers still got to eat. They still got to go to the washroom. They still got to have services. And you can't even get a truck into a lot of places. Um, yeah. You know, and I, I just, I've been... Sworn at, yelled at, screamed at for just trying to get my product delivered to a place by just, you know, a a regular passenger vehicle driver. Right. And um, it's just the whole situation is so frustrating from sitting in the driver's seat of a big truck or even sitting in the seat of owning a company because you're pressured from both sides. Right. There's law. There's what the companies want. If you don't do what the companies want, you don't or want you don't get the business. Uh, if you don't operate under the law, you get fined and shut down. So that's kind of my two cents.
1: Yeah. No. Thanks for sharing that with us, uh, Stan. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, we'll have more time for your calls coming up after one o'clock. And we're also going to hear from uh, a consultant in the industry, and we'll talk about the safety side. There's been a push in the aftermath of this uh, to have electronic logging devices made mandatory. Is that the kind of a change we need? Apparently, even just with this driver, there had been 70, 70, 70, federal and provincial logbook violations for which he was never penalized. How much do these
0: logs matter? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.